Hello friends, welcome to Time in the Studio. I'm your host, Sarah Marie Miller, and this is a show talking to creatives and plant people about rooting down growth, healing, and creativity. And today I am really excited. This is the 10th episode and we're speaking today with Jillian Fitzmorris and she is a really cool artist based in Denver, Colorado. I wandered into Rural Gallery and saw her work and was just so enamored with her work. So I talked to the gallery owner, one of the gallery owners, and she suggested I just reach out to her and so I did and I sent her a little message and I was like do you want to be on the show and she was into it so I'm really honored today to have her on the show Uh, a little brief bio she's an Jillian Fitzmorris is an artist based out of Denver, Colorado. While drawing and painting are her primary mediums, she also works in the realm of performance, video, and installation pieces, along with artist collaborations. The subject of the works live in a dream-like domain with influences of surrealism, nature, wildlife, and graces of the fashion world. And that comes from the Rural Gallery website, uh, the artist bio. Um, She also has a group show up that I got to see last night that's really cool at Juice Box Gallery in Denver, Colorado, and she is part of a performance at the Museum of Contemporary Art in Denver, the MCA Denver, and working with Kristen Sink and doing this performance where she moves around and kind of struggles within this giant vat of honey, of over 115 gallons of honey, and kind of swims around in there, and uh, that is called Nature Consuming, Consuming Nature. Uh, So that looks like a really amazing installation and performance. Um, If you want to check that out, that the next live event is happening August 26th. And her show at Rural Gallery is up until August 11th. So there's a couple days left to see that. And thank you so much for listening. I'm so excited for the podcast today. We are speaking with Jillian Fitzmorris. She is an amazing artist living in Denver, Colorado. And I happened across her work in at Rural Gallery in Denver off of Santa, the Santa Fe Arts District. And it was just, it's an amazing show. So I'm really excited to have on the show today, Jillian Fitzmorris. Thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah. Um, so I just really was struck by your show at Rural Gallery and would love to hear a little bit about your life path so far as an artist. Yes, I, like, I feel like... I've always been an artist. It's kind of like, I mean, I even like identified as an artist when I was, um, you know, like in kindergarten, even there was like a, I remember like there was an assignment about like what you wanted to be when you grew up. And I said, I wanted to be an artist. And it was like a drawing of me, like painting with like a hat on and I had like a, pet squirrel or something (laughs) Uh, oh my god I love that that's so cute 
Yeah, he was like sitting on my shoulder. Was, I don't know. It was really funny. Um, so I, I mean, I just feel like I, I've sort of always done this, um, like whole life, and I had really like encouraging parents, which was cool. You know, it wasn't like a "you're not going to get a job" kind of thing. They're like, um, my mom and my dad are both very supportive of me. Oh. I think that really is so transformative and so helpful to have parents that are on board with a creative spirit and just like helping you to be who you truly are in the world rather than like trying to have it be any other way. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, I I grew up in like, my parents are from Chicago and like I was born there, but they moved to like this really rural town um, in Wisconsin, like northern-ish Wisconsin when I was really young. So it was funny, like where I grew up was um, the art was like, I don't know, like a tractor painting (laughs) with like art. Like it was uh, like a, or like football, like you'd have like a football poster hanging up or something. Wow. But yeah, it was just like, it was kind of a funny, I was sort of like the only one. Mm -hmm. Um, being in that small town but it all worked out yeah that's so interesting I can totally relate to that because as a kid I grew I was born in Fargo North Dakota and then I grew up on a farm in North Dakota for a couple years as a kid and I remember also being I was like I want to be an artist but I was like specific I wanted to be a French artist and my parents didn't have the heart to break it to me like you're never gonna be French like you're (laughs) It's just so silly. Sometimes that's just in your spirit and who you are, regardless of, you know, like the atmosphere around you is not going to sway you away from that truth of who you are. Yeah. So, yeah, it always just kind of, I like, I, I kind of, I think I tried you know, to like, like do sports or like, even like I wanted to like find religion when I was like, <laughs> Like mm-hmm. in third grade, I remember like, <laughs> I don't know, all these like different things, but I, it, never, it all kind of full circled back to like um, being in the arts. Yeah. And then I saw you ended up studying and getting your BFA in drawing in Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. I was just curious um, how you decided on that school and what it was like studying in Milwaukee. It was, it was fairly close to home, maybe only like an hour away. Um, and I looked at that school and then I looked at the, a similar school, in the, the Twin Cities. Oh, cool. As well, but, um, I ended up going, yeah, to Milwaukee. Um, and I, it was the only school I, I mean, I even like, I didn't even apply to any other schools. I only applied to those like two mm-hmm. art institutions and, um, you know, I, I went there and it was good that I was close to home and, um, Milwaukee, the, uh, Milwaukee Institute of Art and Design is a really good school. Um, yeah. It's like this really cool old building. Yeah. It's by the river and it's been there for a really long time. And the uh, staff was really amazing. And that, that I really like grew a lot going there too. So cool. Yeah. I've heard great things about Milwaukee. I've always wanted to go. It's very like, it's like a, like an old city and it's kind of like rich in character, not like Mm -hmm. money, but there's a lot of like uh, interesting people and 
a lot of really good food and stuff but Mm. um I was ready to leave though after a while when you graduated it's also very cold but (laughs) yeah after I graduated I lived in Milwaukee for about like six months after I graduated Mm -hmm. and I was kind of I wasn't really I was I just was like working and just sort of like existing Mm -hmm. I wasn't really like going moving forward I wasn't feeling like inspired by anything and I wasn't really growing Mm -hmm. um and I was kind of in that place already and then like uh, I lost my mom like very suddenly she had a heart attack and that was god I'm so sorry um, yeah it was it was like it was it was hard um I was already I was like kind of checked out and unmotivated and then I really just lost momentum then mm-hmm. wasn't really doing it. I was like kind of really lost. And I think um, this is like a lot about what the exotic escape show sort of it's about. I just wanted to leave. I like wanted a change. I needed like some kind of catalyst to like fear was going on mm-hmm. in my life. Yeah. And how did you pull yourself out of Milwaukee? How did you decide on Denver? Um, I came, I had, I had like a few friends living here. Mm-hmm or in Denver here this is kind of like the when everyone was migrating here (laughs) 2012 Mm -hmm. and I came here um I came out here with my brother on a vacation and I originally had a I had gotten this job to teach a drawing class at like a summer program to teach drawing to teens and the class got canceled but I already like set up I had already had everything in line to go on this trip so I just ended up going for a month anyways mm-hmm. and um yeah my brother came with me I stayed with my friend and met my ex my son's father that month and mm-hmm. you know it was like a love at first sight and then like, mm-hmm. I just stayed out here and I went home wow so you're a mama too. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I have I a wow, that's amazing. I didn't realize you're a mom. I feel like being an artist and a mother is like such an interesting, so interesting to juggle both of those things. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I'm like leading up to this show, um, I was very fortunate. Like uh, my dad and my brother both live out here, like, a huge help. Mm. to me um like getting ready for everything and also like you know uh red bull was a big help in my life (laughs) (laughs) um not not sleeping and stuff but um it worked out it was good and I got to rest after and anyways yeah I it's I was just trying to like find a balance and keep working and you know Jack's been along like for the ride for a lot of stuff with me or like he he's really big into painting too and he's been to a lot of openings and so like that so it's amazing and I feel like probably so inspiring too I mean I feel like the way that kids paint I got to teach this kids painting class one summer and it was so amazing to see the work that they did. Like, I was just like, oh my God, everything they do is brilliant and genius. And I just want to make paintings like they make. Like, they're just so 
raw and pure and like unfiltered and true. And, oh yeah, I just love kids artwork. So it must, I imagine it would be really inspiring just to see what he comes up with too. Yeah, like some of the marks he does are really amazing. And he started drawing, you know, like that rule show, a lot of a lot of the imagery is all palm trees. And he's been drawing a lot of palm trees. <laughs> oh, <cute>. Which I think is funny too. And then kind of like, a, like an oh shit moment. Like he really is like absorbing everything in his environment, you know, which is you know, scary and really amazing at the same yeah. time but yeah he's he's definitely kind of like copying copying me oh <laughs> so cute yeah there is something just like so that feels so good about drawing a palm tree I don't really know what it's about but I have another friend and he used to just when in doubt he would just always draw palm trees like it was like his doodles were always palm trees and so it's this interesting subject to go back to and I'm, yeah I'm just curious I'd love just the whole all the content of exotic escape it just feels so layered and yeah it just has a depth to it but then it's also like sitting right at the surface as well but it's kind of playing with that duality it seems like to me it's like being at the surface and talking about the depth while holding that tension in some way it seems like it's maybe been something simmering for a while. You were talking about it's it kind of evolved from the loss of your, your mother. Uh, yeah, not even just that solely, but yeah, there there's a lot of layers to it. It's very you're know, on the on the outside. I guess it's you know this very kind of pretty imagery, but I'm glad um, that that tension is perceived in it because it kind of stems from. Um, like a dark place mm-hmm. and yeah for, like wholly it's about sort of changing trying t- to change the way you feel and like mm-hmm. always trying like forcing yourself to feel better mm-hmm. and just like the last my mom like that kind of sort of inspired my move to come here and I remember like Denver was supposed to be sort of my exotic escape like mm. I would be in this new city like I would know anyone I would have all these new experiences and this new life. But, um, you know, just because like I removed myself from the city I was in, I didn't like change any of my behaviors. Mm-hmm. A lot of like the chaos still followed me. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like the grass is greener on the other side. Sort mm-hmm. of thing. Too. Yeah. I love, um, I don't know, thinking of the idea of the bumper stickers too. Like, I just, they just are so brilliant to me. Like the way that you, they're like these hot pink bumper stickers that say exotic and they have palm trees on them. And I don't know, so much of the show made me think of LA too and the exotic escape of that city and kind of like just the facade of people being a certain way, but then under the surface, there's so much more going on as well. And I just like envision like every car in LA having that bumper sticker and like driving around and like looking at the car in front of it, like everyone eating their own tail and kind of like the idea of the Ouroboros snake as well, like thinking of 
I liked that imagery within your show of the snake eating its own tail. And it's interesting that that's a symbol of wholeness and, you know, kind of that continuity of creation and destruction all merged together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I don't really know what my question was, but I'm just like, I was just like baffled by all the the meanings and layers that I could find within the work. And yeah, I'd love to hear you talk about, yeah, how did you decide on the combination of snakes, ocelots, and palm trees, like all coming together within this show? I, I can uh, speak about like the bumper sticker a little bit. Mm-hmm. That that was very much inspired by coming to number two because it's it's actually the you know the native sticker that's around everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's a actually a German version of that. So the that green I copied that sticker um, and took the native out and then inverted the color to be the exact opposite, which was the pink, and then ah. the the opposite of the word native is exotic. Oh um, my god, I love that. So it's <laughs> flip. So there's like another little layer. <laughs> wow. So cool. But, so that I was kind of trying to play with that, like not being a native. Um and that this was my like exotic place. Mm-hmm. So that's where that stemmed from. And then the imageries of the of like the ocelot and the snake, those I both thought of as like they were they're like exotic animals that people have have as pets. So which are also kind of like this like flashy data symbol when you have this exotic pet. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like a you know, it's not necessary and it's like kind of like they are they're just they're I feel like sometimes they're more of a status symbol than a good pet. You know, like mm-hmm. the like the ocelot have those as pets but I don't think they're like a sweet little house cat that like <laughs> doesn't just furniture and stuff like I think they're pretty awful pets but they definitely look cool and give that outward appearance of being very affluent and cool I like that I was also really fascinated by just the entire installation and the idea of having this little oasis and this little island with sand and then there's computers laying on the sand and I was so worried about the computers I was like is this okay for the computers but um and then there's there are these videos that you show within that and so you come to this little island in the gallery and get to listen and watch and yeah, there and there's a snake that kills itself. And I was just so interested in that kind of full circle. And before I watched it, Valerie was like, just just so you know, that video is a little, it can be a little bit disturbing for some people and just to warn you. And so I was like, okay. And then, yeah, it was just so fascinating. I've never seen a snake kill itself before. I didn't realize that that even happened. So I was curious how yeah how you found that imagery and how you created that video and kind of yeah some of the ideas within that so, and I guess like I I wanted to do the video pieces um with um the found footage so all the all the images I I found you know on YouTube or like on meme websites or gif websites mm-hmm. and I 
I, I guess I stole them. Sorry. Uh, That's uh, it. <laughs> but I took all the from online and it's because of like, I think screens now are another huge way we escape. Like I'm just staring at a phone and going through Instagram or just constantly like looking at things or, you know, even like TV, like Netflix, like you can watch TV for four hours and I do the videos to show and use the found footage to represent our escape being the internet. So like the, the snake, I I can speak on the, on the snake footage for that was kind of, um, I found that like researching these snake videos and just kind of going through YouTube for a long time and finding that. And then I started reading more about it, that a lot of snakes in captivity will kill themselves if they're, you know, hungry mm-hmm. or another reason they snakes will commit suicide is because they can't like, control their own body temperature. Mm-hmm. Um, so if they, they, they like start to like freak out when they can't regulate what's happening. Mm. and so it was also just kind of this representation of like the darkness in this like tropical land too is which is why I wanted wanted to show that where's it going but yeah there's been other like accounts too of, of snakes like this one there's this one researcher that had captured a, a rattlesnake in a glass jar and they were they were drowning the snake because they didn't know what to do with it and before like the water got to the top of the jar, he um took his fangs and just bit himself and died. Wow. And it's just um I don't know, there's I feel like I could talk in a million directions, but it's also this like another reflection of like place and how like when you're not where you're supposed to be, how detrimental that could be. Yeah, I was doing a little research about that too and saw that oftentimes snakes as they're shedding their skin they won't recognize themselves and that's another time when they're more likely to attack themselves or kill themselves in that way. And I just kind of taken by that idea of like, yeah, as we transform, sometimes we don't recognize ourselves. And so it's like this kind of coming to terms with who we are through different transitions and changes and honoring that. Yeah. I don't know. It's just an interesting little tidbit that I found but I was like wow that seems potent somehow a little bit of a transition do you feel like your ideas dictate what you decide to draw or does the meaning evolve through just the process of making your work yeah I think it it definitely like coincides and they sort of reflect off each other you know as I like work I'll like keep researching or I'll keep like finding new meaning as I work and then like that meaning reflects the work and then like the work reflects and the imagery um can affect the meaning too like uh like I guess like the ocelot in particular I added in sort of last minute you know I I only had like the palm trees and the snakes in the video but I wanted I wanted to do something else I was like I don't know if I can draw another palm tree right now (laughs) (laughs) and I still do I I like again but (laughs) (laughs) I think that's so perfect too because there is just it adds this like ferocity to the show and 
this tension. Like I love just like walking in and seeing those huge drawings of one of the palm tree and the other one of the ocelot. And it has like this silver, silver chain around its neck. And I don't know, it just has such a tension. And then as I was in the gallery too, Valerie was wearing this like leopard print shirt. And as she was talking, she was standing right in front of the smaller ocelot drawing. And she just looked so ferocious. And it was just like such such a fun um, encounter. It was really interesting. But yeah, it adds like this whole other power to the show that really, I feel like pulls it forward in an even more powerful way. Yeah, I was really happy I I did that piece. And it also kind of it was just reassuring to listen to like that, like that inner voice or listen to, you know, like to do what you want, you know, and, there, and there's times where that voice is wrong. And mm. it's like, oh, that was a great idea. Um, but, you know, in this moment, I, it was, I was happy. I, I took the risk and like um, went and made those last two pieces because I feel like they really did. Uh, pull the show together and you know added that element of like strength or yeah ferocity Mm -hmm. cool yeah I love looking um on your website which is so beautiful amazing work by the way um I saw there was a show called imposter and I loved that show too I'd love to hear you talk a little bit more about that to me I saw like this idea of like unicorns and there was like unicorn masks and then just all these really beautiful and tense drawings kind of all together in this installation how did that show come about was that in Denver where was that exhibited that was in Denver at um this space called the Chopin Residency um which uh, my friends started and um that was like a really cool opportunity to show there and that show was was pretty intense for me because I think I was making work and I didn't realize what it was about until after mm-hmm. but it was it was like I wanted to portray this like this liar or like this um like beautiful beast that wasn't what it said it was so like mm-hmm. maybe it was just like this dark horse like posing as like this unicorn or this amazing creature and then looking at that now I realize it was like a exact reflection of what was happening in my life that time mm-hmm. um, with people in my life and yeah, yeah I, I had like a, an imposter very close to me <laughs> and it was funny they actually at that show I they 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 were like is this about me like is this work about me I was like, no, it's not. And like, it's just like, <laughs> but mm-hmm. um, it totally was. And I, was like, <laughs> I didn't know at the time, even I was maybe so under the spell of the imposter. I guess, mm-hmm. so yeah, it's, I feel like that's so amazing how that can happen and how our work can help us like process through these emotions like I remember when I was in grad school and I would make this work and I was like oh it's about such and such and this and this and I'd have these critiques and they're like it's really about this other thing that's actually what's going on and it's closer to your heart it's not like some other idea that's 
far out there. It's like in your heart. And it's, yeah, it's interesting how sometimes we don't intentionally do it, but the ideas come out and we can't always evade them. No, it's really amazing. Um, It's good that other other people have that. (laughs) Yeah, it's kind of, I just think it's it's kind of funny. Mm -hmm. It's interesting how we can't run away from ourselves even when we want the exotic escape. Um, I saw also on your website, um, there's this beautiful video um, you did. It looks like it's in collaboration with Kristen Hatke Sink, the bonbon video. That is, it's just stunning and such an amazing video. How did that collaboration come about? And what's that been like working with Kristen Sink? Kristen's been my, my dearest friends in Denver. Um, it was kind of like love at first sight with us two, I guess. <laughs> maybe not at first, maybe like second glance. But um, I met I met her and Mark through Rural through Rural Gallery actually um, when I first moved here in 2012, and I I Mark had asked me to model for him, and I went there, and I remember Kristen was just like staring at me, mm-hmm. like while we were while we were like photographing and I was just like what what's the deal with this girl like she's like like, super awkward it's like she's like like staring into like my my or something soul and I was just like and then and then she's like she's like I told Mark I I didn't I was like I don't know if I like her because she like looked at my Facebook or something and then um but then (laughs) Uh, then we would become friends the first time we met. Um worked together uh several times before the bonbon shoot. I um modeled for her um for like a couple commercial shoots and then like personal stuff too. And the the bonbon video was like our first collaboration we did and um yeah her uh it's different but it sometimes she touches on like sort of similar things it was kind of about also about like uh almost like uh indulgence of like sugar and like mm-hmm. being also sort of indulgence of media and beauty and makeup and how we're trying to you know, maybe be something else or like really kind of like wanting this like you know bubbly sugar-filled life Mm-hmm. Um, so we made that we made that video piece with like the butterfly eyes and the glitter and all that stuff. And then there was a performance there um, at BMOCA, the Boulder Museum of Contemporary Art. Oh, we cool! Did. Yeah, and we actually have another performance now too. This one, um, this was Preston's work. It wasn't a collaboration, but I'm the performer and her honey exhibit at the Museum of Denver Museum of Contemporary Art. Oh, cool. Um, I don't know if you saw that at all. Yeah. Yeah. I saw um, a little um, clip about that. It looks like you're like swimming in a pool of honey. Yeah. So yeah, there's like a tank at um, the museum. It's like this big 115 gallon tank and there's, wow. it's filled with honey. And in the performance, I just, I kind of like, um, and move around in it and just kind of struggle, struggle in it. It's, it's called the uh, um, 
consuming nature, nature consuming. Mm. That's so beautiful. It seems, I, yeah, I was curious what that's like. And your skin must feel amazing after you get out of there because honey's so great for your skin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's not, it's never, it comes off really easy. And it's like, um, it's good. I don't mind. I don't mind being in there. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's good to have somebody who like, yeah, wants you to kind of go to that edge a little bit more or is willing to go there with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As I was, I was watching that video and I was totally thinking of it as like the antithesis of Damien Hurst. Cause it's like this tank, but it's filled with honey instead of formaldehyde, which is like, Honey is like this potent life force. And then it's also like you, a a live human rather than like a dead shark. And yeah, I don't know. Something about it. I was like, it's like the opposite of Damien Hurst's shark. So it was was interesting. Just that whole idea seems really um, powerful. Yeah, very much more like organic and alive. Yeah. What is it like performing there? Like, do you, like, in terms of, like, the gaze, do you meet people's gaze? Or do you kind of, like, how do you think of connecting with the viewer? Because I also was thinking of, like, Marina Abramovic's The Artist is President in that installation where it's like she's confronting the viewer and really looking at the other person and having that kind of like that connection or is it more about being on view and not meeting the gaze or something else entirely uh, yeah it's like you definitely um not making eye contact with anyone <laughs> i think i in that performance i really like I remove myself from the audience. Like I don't make a personal connection. Mm-hmm. I think it's more about the imagery and then my relationship to the honey, mm-hmm. that interaction. Yeah, that makes sense. That's cool. Um, so I was looking, I was reading your bio and I saw also that you got to study in Ireland. What was that like? That that was a really really great experience, and, and that was also like another time in my life, like in Milwaukee, where you know I was just like uh, really you know, like depressed and un unmotivated, and also sort of in that state of just existing. And you know, my first reaction was like, I need to get out of here. Like, how can I do that? And then, um, yeah, like my whole family. A lot of my family's from Ireland, um, like distant family, like my, my grandfather was. Like I even I had a cousin, my grandfather's cousin was there when I went to school and I, like I had Easter dinner with their family. Oh wow. <laughs> yeah, like they're everybody's like really pretty chill there. He's like, Yeah, do you wanna come over? Like you're Fitzmorris, I'm Fitzmorris and <laughs> yeah, family. Like, let's have this. It was, it was really hilarious. Um, so I went, had this like a uh, family Easter with them. Ireland was a really, really cool experience. Cool place. It's very, 
very a magical place. And um, the school I went to was in Bali Vahan, which was very rural. Um, so there wasn't, there's like more cows than people there. And <laughs> there's like, like a cross station and like five pubs and like wow. three churches and like the school and somehow, I mean, wow. it's cool. Ireland's crazy. There's like, there's like legit, like, castle ruins that you can just walk into right and and people there like believe in like fairies and Mm -hmm. stuff like (laughs) until they're like no fairies are real like (laughs) um and that's so when you're there you're like well yeah of course they are here like this place is like so yeah very very magical wow oh so cool it sounds amazing there's palm trees in Ireland too. Actually. Oh, really? Yeah, because they're by the ocean. I oh, oh my god! I never would have. I just didn't realize that. That's so cool. Yeah. Like, oh, so interesting! Wow, it's like connecting to some sort of like ancestral dream. Your art show. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Um, I'm curious, would you mind talking a little bit like an average day in the life? Like how, how do you keep making the work? What is, yeah, what is like a normal day in the studio kind of look like for you? Well, I work, I, yeah, I'm like a a full-time mom and I also work uh, full-time too. Mm -hmm. Um, So like a normal day, like during the week, I I say like uh, bring Jack to school and then I go to yoga from nine to 10 and then I go to work from two to three and then <laughs> I pick up Jack from school and then work from home. And then, and then after that is sort of like art time. Um, that's like a typical regular day mm-hmm. in, in my life. I just, um, like finding art in studio time. It's just, it's just like, a, you have to, like, I just have to. Yeah. Like I, I don't necessarily like schedule out time, but mm-hmm. even if I like, know I have to make work mm-hmm. um, and there's, there's times I don't yeah. too. Like there's like definitely periods of time. I take a little art break and, um, but usually during those times I'm like reading or trying or doing like the social aspect of art, which mm-hmm. is a, a big part of it. And very beneficial too, because like there's like so many amazing people in the art community. Yeah. Um, I, I gave a, a talk at Dateline on Tuesday. Oh, um, oh cool. So, yeah. Um, so that was with two other artists that are really super awesome. Amber Cobb and Stephanie Am- Cantor. Where is Stateline? Is that in Denver somewhere? Yeah, that's on um, like 31st and Larimer. Oh, cool. We'll have to check that out. And that's awesome. Actually, next to there is a juice box gallery, and they're brand new, and I'm showing there uh, tomorrow. Oh, my gosh. That's awesome. What's that? What's that show all about? Um, that's, that's a group show with a couple other Denver artists. I, I'm not sure if everyone is, but I know a few of the names and they're from here. 
Mm-hmm. And it's a show about mark making. It's called Mark Build Mark. And um, they actually, the gallery gave me this, like, these giant stretcher bars that are, like, uh, like 68 by 42. Mm-hmm. Um, and I stretched a canvas there, and they asked if I wanted to do this giant painting. And <laughs> oh, cool. I this giant painting, and... I give a lot of res- a lot of credit and respect to painters because this painting's hard to yeah. do. <laughs> <laughs> I have yeah. fun. I have fun doing it. So that's so cool. Oh my gosh, I'm excited. I'll have to go check out that show. Is that opening on Friday? Awesome. Oh, I'll have to go to that. That's for first Friday in Denver. Um, I I'm curious. It sounds like you are juggling so many things and getting so much done. How do you take care of yourself? Like what are some self-care practices that you, sounds like you do yoga, which is so helpful. Um, How Mm -hmm. else do you just kind of make sure that you're able to keep doing the work? Uh, I think the only reason I'm able to do to like manage everything is because I do take care of myself mm-hmm. first. And I have to like, you know, I like us uh, definitely struggle with like, like mental health and like some like addiction issues. And I didn't address that for a long time. And once I finally started taking care of taking care of myself and like actually putting the time into doing it, not just like kind of lousy fair doing it, but like really committing to mm-hmm. it. I had so much more time to <laughs> work mm-hmm. on everything else, which is kind of backwards, yeah. but um, I do, I do yoga. Um, I take taking time with Jack, just hanging out with him and, you know, making those hours really important. Mm-hmm. I think they do. I should eat healthier. But <laughs> <laughs> it's a process, you know, I think one day at a time and one thing at a time. Right. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, but I do that and I, I, I ask for help too. Um, like, especially with Jack. Um, my dad is like a huge help to me. Um, with watching him and um, even just like for anyone any normal human I think it's important to just talk to talk to people and like have a network of friends you're close with to just be able to talk to um great as an artist or a busy person just as a human I feel Mm -hmm. like that's maybe like, like really obvious thing to say but I don't know no I think it makes sense though and I think sometimes it's hard to remember to reach out like yeah one of my friends I don't know she posted something on Instagram about reach out to your strong friends because it's like sometimes the people that seem so strong are really having a struggle and they don't want to reach out you know so I think really recognizing that and honoring that yes reaching out to people and connecting with someone else can be really helpful and 
transform things. Yeah, definitely. Like, it, it's okay to, like, not be okay. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of times, like, put on, like, a front. Mm. Or try and do so much. Like, yeah. Especially, like, mothers sometimes, too. It's even, like, harder. Because, like, I feel like you have to, like, show up for so much. And like, it's okay to, like like have a bad day or just not or make really bad work like oh I love that feel <laughs> <laughs> I remember once in grad school um somebody hosted a bad work exchange where you had to just take something that was like like make something really bad or find something in your studio that was really bad and then everyone just put numbers in a hat and numbered the paintings or the works and then traded and you got to have somebody else's really bad work. And it was such a fun (laughs) idea. And it was interesting just to think of like, how do you make a bad piece of work? Like, how do you intentionally like, okay, I'm going to make this really bad. And I think in the end, my bad work was maybe better because it was, there was more, risk involved I wasn't so concerned with making something pretty and so yeah it's interesting the idea of bad work also like that idea of like um like the stress or the intention of the work like when I was making work uh, quote unquote like for the show mm. I had to kind of remember like you no know, like just make work still mm-hmm. like yeah. I- I kept thinking about it like, on the wall and like, is this going to sell? Is this going to be good? Like all these people are going to see it. Like it was like a lot harder to like um, have like a genuine creative process. Yeah. I could see that. How has it been working with rule? It seems like Valerie is just a total dream and so whip smart and just fun to talk to and really supportive. Yeah. Rule, rule is, is amazing. Um, and it's cool. that It's like all, all women that work there. I minus like a few of like the, like the cute boy interns. <laughs> yeah. Rule. I actually rule is like one of the first galleries I came to in Denver and I had met Robin, the original mm-hmm. owner um, who passed away actually mm-hmm. shortly after I met her too. Wow. And I was pretty pissed uh, my mom just died. You're like my new role model, and now mm. you're dying. Like, what the hell? Um, it's so hard. Uh, it's really cool person, and mm. uh, really helped me when I first came here. Um, so I I started as a real intern, like in 2012, and I worked. Oh, cool! And then um, I just always stayed connected with them, even after I stopped working for the gallery, and. They're all just like really amazing women with really cool stories. And they've like with the show, like their input um, really helped me. Like that installation changed in so many ways. And I wasn't even, you know, sure about the installation exhibit or the component, the installation component in the beginning. And uh, Valerie really helped me like push that idea and then also like pushing like a natural element. It's like having the sand in there. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're really great. And just, you know, and I had to like fight them a little on like a few things. And 
uh, we just had like a really good working relationship and um, my work got a lot cleaner. I remember having like, some, like fingerprints or like little like pencil mix in like the wrong spot and Valerie was like, you have to clean this up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's really good because it's like, it's like that's a place where I want to do that. Like yeah. I wanted, I wanted that really, but I kind of, I knew I just needed somebody to like uh, roll it into my head and uh, really helped. <laughs> yeah. So powerful to have somebody, just another set of eyes to kind of like look at it and remind you of like, okay, is that intentional? And, you know, even those little struggles, it helps you kind of clarify like, okay, this is like this is worth fighting over and this pencil mark is not worth fighting over and I'm going to erase it. You know, like I'm sure it's, it seems like a helpful process to like, yeah, kind of clarify the, the real core of your work. A lot of their other artists um, they have, they're just really incredible too. And I look up to a lot of them. Um, I just feel like the caliber of their work and like their aesthetic, I also really like. Yeah, it's so good. It's funny. It was one of the first galleries that I, so I moved to Colorado about three years ago and I just happened to walk into Rule by chance and I was just like, oh my God, this gallery is amazing. And I moved here from New York. And so I was just, I was like, there are no, there's nothing good here. <laughs> and then I walked into the room and I was like there is there's something really good here and it just felt like so potent and like charged like there's just a, like an electricity like to that gallery I was like oh, yes I love this place and then I found out that they represent somebody that I worked with in New York Matt Matthew Larson did you ever get to see any of his shows yeah 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 he does he does like the yarn in like very intense like specific uh kind of structured formats but but yeah I was like oh my god Matt shows at this gallery that's so crazy so it was cool to have that connection too yeah he just recently showed in in Marfa in their Marfa Texas it seems really cool there's space there yeah I want to visit I went to Marfa a couple years ago and I'm sure I must have gone to the rural gallery because Marfa is very small and I was there on like a little art road trip with a couple of friends. And so we just kind of went to see um, everything in Marfa. And so rules like one of four things there. So I'm sure we went, but I don't, I have a bad memory for the details of things. Yeah, it's cool. It's an interesting location to choose for a gallery. It's pretty cool. I'd love to hear you talk a little bit about a struggle that you've overcome and how it's kind of clarified or defined your path. Uh, one thing I spoke about at like a, a different talk and that I've, I've really thought about is um, just like struggling with self-doubt and mm. through that. I had, I had it at this show at Juicebox actually, they had asked um if the work I was making, they're like, oh, is this sort of reflective of like, you know, what's going on in the world? Like, no, actually, I don't, maybe a little bit, but I feel like a lot of it's really internal. And mm-hmm. that's uh, where a lot of like my struggle comes from. Just, I know like a lot of artists I talk to that I feel like are so successful and like are where I want to be mm-hmm. um, still feel this way still feel like 
oh, I'm not good enough, or I'm not as good as this person, and, you know, like, why am I doing this? Like, is right. this good? And, like, I don't, it's, it's really hard. It's really hard, yeah. and you have to just be, like, really dedicated, and, yeah, even just having a good community of people around you, too. Yeah, yeah, it makes such a difference. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. I think that's, like, such a real struggle for so many creatives maybe every creative just yeah wondering like okay is this work good is it like yeah why are we doing it and yeah just to find that power to keep pushing through it and keep doing the work what are some of your goals like as you talk about people who are where you would like to be where would you like to be right now I there's I, I I'm like I'm looking forward to what's next already I'm like mm-hmm. oh, what's gonna happen now and you know right after this show like um this juice box show came up and then you know like a couple the little talks came up and so excited for this momentum to keep building um yeah. but you know some of that is reliant on things to happen but um I, I'm, I'm excited to keep working and keep growing. And I've been looking into some um, DIY MFA programs, which oh, cool! It's like fingers crossed. I don't know, you know, nothing's like set in stone yet. But n- like, uh, I'd like I'd like to get my MFA soon. But right now, I don't know if if I fit that into the balance of. Right. what I'm doing but um like in the near future I'd like to um get an MFA um but in the meantime uh to keep you know my brain alive and not turn into like Netflix mush I <laughs> to keep like I want to try one of these DF- DIY MFA programs which are like um condensed they're like a three-week program and there's like um you know like artists and different and um, I would love to do something like that or a residency, something for like a couple weeks. And yeah, so those are just a few goals. Cool. Um, be a good mom. Read more books. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> those are noble causes, noble goals. Other things that are coming up that you want to talk about with your work or anything else? kind of coming through that you want to mention well this yeah the show at juice box i'm excited for i'm really excited for that new space um and i i hope like the little like smaller galleries like that that are really showing um like contemporary work and new artists you know like juice box and dateline that are right next to each other i really want to support them and i want to like keep that alive in denver because like they have so much character and they're really along there's other galleries too it's not just them but there's like yeah um i want to like i'm excited about that show coming up and then as far as like the i i have this like new idea i'm thinking about um and it's sort of about like that ocelot piece which is funny because it was like the last piece I made and I feel like it's sort of jumping me into this new idea of I want to work with this idea of domestication oh um, cool 
this sort of like, you know, this like these exotic creatures or these exotic elements, you know, almost in like a futuristic way being domesticated as mm-hmm. you know, pets or house plants or things like that, that mm-hmm. we're kind of like humans are maybe trying to control and even the idea of domestication being some sort of control idea. Um, yeah. Wow, so cool. I love that idea. Yeah. That sounds great. Are there any um, shows, books, websites, Instagrams, anything um, that is really um, resonant for you right now that you've, or music or, um, yeah, just kind of any other resources or things that you've been listening to or looking at that feels really inspiring? Music-wise, so I'm super excited about the new Drake album that came out <laughs> the same day yeah. my show opened, which I'm pretty sure he did on purpose. So. <laughs> I love that. Oh I my really God, amazing. That. that was really cool that he did that. Um, but I, I've been listening to that a lot. Um, yeah, music is really good. Music's really amazing. Mm-hmm. Even like if you're in a funk, it's like, change everything yeah sometimes so true I love that Um, but Instagram in itself is such a great way to find new artists Mm -hmm. and that's been where I I see a lot of work honestly Mm -hmm. is um through that platform and I've actually gotten off of all social media except Instagram which Mm -hmm. I mean I still, I still like, I'm addicted to that, but like, yeah. I feel, um, it's good. There's a lot of, there's a lot of really, really great work on there. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, even just, like looking at rules, Instagram, and then like other like galleries in Denver, like Guild Art Galleries, another cool gallery here that mm-hmm. I like to follow the artists mm-hmm. that they have. Yeah, there's another there's this other Instagram I've been following that shows a lot of new artists and then it's called like got it for cheap. It's G I F C and they do all these shows um, with artists that are newer, but they have of them do works on eight and a half by 11 paper and they sell them for like $30 oh, at, cool. at their show. They're going all over the world and it's people that are like, you know, well off in their careers. And then they do these like uh, drawings on like printer paper, essentially. It's really cool. Wow. Oh my gosh. I'll have to check that out. That sounds amazing. So yeah, cool. Because their database huge. Like there's so, like, so many new people that I haven't seen. Oh, cool. That's awesome. Oh my gosh. I love it. Oh, well, Jillian, thank you so much for making time to be on the show today. And I'm so excited. Um, So this is going to be going out while your show at Rural Gallery Exotic Escape is still up. So people will still have a couple days left to see that. And then how long is your show up at Juicebox, the the group show? That runs until... Um, September 15th. Yeah. Awesome. September 15th. Amazing. And then how can people find your work and stay up to date with all the happenings that you have going on? Yeah. I think Instagram's probably like the most recent and 
um, up to date, like, in a way I show work or like things that I'm doing. Um, so that I'm at Fitz is Rich on there. I love that. Oh, I wanted to say, I love that name too, Fitz is Rich. I was like, that's so cool. Cause yeah, Valerie suggested, she's like, oh, well, if you want to follow Jillian on Instagram, she's at Fitz is Rich. And so I was like, oh, what a cool Instagram name. Cause there's this idea that an artist is never poor. Like if you're an artist, you're always rich. You have an abundance of ideas and there's like a richness in your soul. If you're able to transform materials and, you know, like draw blood from a stone and transform things. And so, yeah, I just liked that idea of like, you have a richness within your soul that regardless of what the bank, any bank account statement says. Yeah. Regardless of my Tesla. And <laughs> Um, I do feel like my soul is rich with art and, and, and friendship and stuff. And uh, also it's easy to say, and I don't have to spell it. Yeah. it's um, good. I, I think like I, I could, I, yeah, like spelling my last name is like, what? I don't know. I'm not going to follow that or remember that. So. <laughs> but yeah, Fitz is rich. is easy to remember. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being, making time to be on the show today. I, I'm just really honored that you were, um, yeah, willing to chat about your work and it's so inspiring and exciting and I'm really looking forward to seeing everything that you continue to make, really beautiful work. So thanks for being an inspiration in this world. Awesome. Thank you, Sarah. Hey friends, thank you so much for dropping into time in the studio today. And if you enjoy this podcast, please feel free to rate and review on iTunes to help other people find the show as well. Um, it makes a big difference. And if you want to connect with the podcast on Instagram, that's a good way. You can just type in time in the studio, time like the herb, and ta-da, there we are. Um, I'm also on Instagram as Sarah Marie Studio. That's kind of like my art-based uh, Instagram. And then I have one for my wellness and pottery Instagram as well, which is Adazia Arts. That's A-I-D-A-Z dot D. A-I-D-A dot Z-E-A dot arts. And then I also have a website, sarahmariemiller.net and Ada Zia Arts, A-I-D-A-Z-E-A. Um, so yeah, thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate all your sweet feedback and uh, really excited for next week's episode. It's going to be a solo show talking about uh, herbs and vitalist practices to help combat anxiety and talk about money as well. So it'll be a really interesting show, I think. Thanks again and love and light to you all. May our efforts benefit all beings.